Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We have a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, folks, however you want to watch your Listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Tuesday. This is going to be our last edition of the cash and trash list for the NFL. We got to respect some great Super Bowl performances. Got to maybe knock a couple in the trash list, see what we got there. Um,. Yeah, so we got the, yeah, kind of our last rendition of the cash and trash list. Um, so we got that, breaking down the NBA, and yeah, classic Tuesday show. And then tomorrow on the show, breaking down Wednesday film study. And then on Thursday, we will be doing our first of the year NBA cash and trash list. Now that we've got a little bit more free time in the show, now that, you know, the NFL is unfortunately almost done. Basically almost done on Wednesday once we finish our film study on the Super Bowl. That's basically all we got in the books. 2020 NFL season with COVID did pretty damn good. So that's what we got on the show today. So let's start here with the stories of the day. And this is the disrespect that I love, folks. I'm all about being disrespectful. Obviously not in, you know, the disrespectful, like really disrespectful type of ways. But just, you know, playful disrespect, you know, sportsmanship disrespect right here. Um, so <clears throat> Antoine Winfield Jr., when uh, the game was over, I think this was honestly on the last play of the game, uh, ball going to Tyreek Hill, incomplete, and then Winfield gets into his face and holds up the peace sign because that's exactly what Tyreek Hill did in Week 12. He showed, he threw up the peace sign, he backflipped into the end zone in Week 12, and Antoine Winfield remembered it, and he gives it right back to him. Hey, deuces. Hey, you might have won Week 12, but that's meaningless. We're, we we walking away with the ring, baby. And what if, what would make this even better is next year, if they face each other, when they face each other, if Antoine Winfield wears the ring and then does it with one, the ring on one of the two fingers, that would be the ultimate disrespect. So I absolutely love this, folks. Very well done, Antoine Winfield. Hey, give it right back to him. Peace is out. We're going to Disney World. Have fun back at Kansas City, where it's probably very cold. We'll be down, you know, in the sun, riding some roller coasters, you know, meeting the mouse, meeting the man, M.M., and his wife, Minnie Mouse. Yes, sir. Antoine Winfield. Yes, sir. Um, alrighty, and then Carlton Davis, I mean, he got his revenge too, I mean, as we said yesterday when we were going over the game, but damn, week 12 gave up 269 yards, just a Tyreek Hill alone basically, but this time in uh, man coverage, Carlton Davis, he was targeted four times defensively, and they only caught two passes for 14 yards, so I don't know what he did, what film he watched, what, what movies, what music he listened to to get him motivated, but it worked, to hold some Somebody from 269 yards to whenever you were covering anybody else on the field in this game, 14 yards. I mean, what a turnaround. Now, obviously, we give credit to Todd Bowles, but still, you have to go out there and do the schemes. You can only scheme something up. You still need your players to go out there and perform that scheme, and Davis did it to a T right here, not locking up everybody, not allowing anybody to get behind him, in front of him, outrun him, outbeef him, outstrength him. He did not allow any of that, so once again, very well done. A shout-out to Carlton Davis, this Bucks defense is a bunch of dogs, folks. And oh my goodness, did we see that on Super Bowl Sunday? 
All righty, and then we all know, you know, the little injury Patrick Mahomes was dealing with, the little turf toe, so he is going to go under, undergo toe surgery, under toe surgery, um, today, Wednesday. So he'll be back at 100%, hopefully, for next season. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was only playing at probably like 98 97%, if it's even that low, with the toe injury. We saw him, you know, he was still moving around great, um, you know, in the AFC Championship game, in the Super Bowl. He was still moving around deep. Decently, did it hurt? I'm sure it was excruciating, probably on every single play. But um, I don't know. I don't think this uh, this injury should be kind of you know uh, uh, an excuse of why they underperformed in the Super Bowl. I don't even think he was like saying that. But I mean, nobody should think that anyway. So quarterback Patrick Mahomes gonna get that surgery on his turf toe. Be good for next season. Try to do better in high-pressure games if he makes it to the Super Bowl next year. Because, man, oh, man, what a disappointing I – I, like, I'm, su- I'm still disappointed that the Chiefs' offense looked that lackluster. Nine points, no touchdowns. Um, and we're not blaming Patrick Mahomes' toe. So let's get that out of the way right now. Alrighty, and finally, alrighty, um, Josh Rosen maybe has found a permanent home now. The Niners have just signed him to a one-year deal. Finally, some consistency in the league for this man. Started it out in Arizona. I think it was the first overall pick that year. Started, the Cardinals did not like what they saw. They they traded a first-round pick um, after one season. I've never seen that happen. So he ends up going to Miami. As a backup, that doesn't work. Then we cut him, and I think he ended up in Tampa Bay for a little bit, learning under Tom Brady, and then that didn't work out, so they moved him to San Francisco, and now he's finally here for another year. So at least, hopefully, he can kind of, all right, this is where I'm at. Hopefully, y'all don't cut me, and I don't have to find another team because I've already had like four or five different teams already in my short, very short career here. Uh, So very glad that this man's getting a consistent home. It's it's unfortunate, his story. I mean, to be highly regarded as, I believe he was the number one overall pick. He was at least in the top 10, definitely first round. But to be, like, praised as, like, a first round pick and then just being moved everywhere, not even getting a chance to start and not even being, like, on a practice squad and all that, it's just, it's not great. And I don't really think he's that talented. I really think that one year in Arizona was very not impressive. Uh, So super unfortunate for this man. But, hey, he's finally at a stable home. 49ers is pretty good. I mean, you learn under Jimmy G, pretty solid there. Kyle Shanahan, once again, very solid there. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, this man can get back on track. But, I mean, even if he does get back on track, who's going to take a shot on him? Why would you go over Josh Rosen over, you know, somebody right out of the draft or, you know, a, 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 a proven, somebody that's proven as for, as like a free agent? So I really don't understand what the benefit would be to sign Josh Rosen, you know, maybe next year after this one-year one year deal is up. I really think he's just, unfortunately, he's out of the league already. He'll never be a starter. It's just that one first year, now he's got this stigma on them and you're never going to be able to wash that away so very truly unfortunate what's going on with Josh Rosen but uh maybe maybe this is the maybe this is a sign of things are going to look up for the man but we'll see 
Alrighty, Darren Waller. A little outrageous quote right here. Um, nobody's da doubting Darren Waller's talent. I mean, this man's a fantastic tight end. He's quick, he's fast, he's tall, he's beefy, folks. He's the real deal. And he's having real great success there with the Las Vegas Raiders. But then he's got this quote coming out. Quote, we don't feel like the gap is that big, honestly. The gap between the, what the Raiders are and what the Chiefs are doing. Oh, Darren Waller, you don't think the gap is big between you and the Chiefs? Well, I feel it is very big and the main reason why it's big is because the Raiders are not consistent at all what are the Chiefs consistent yes they had one bad game in the Super Bowl but everything else has been fantastic Patrick Mahomes has only lost like three games in his entire career it's like that's consistency and the Raiders are nowhere near that I mean, for the last two seasons, the Raiders have been absolutely very good offensively and defensively, just record-wise totality as a team in the first, you know, seven, eight, nine weeks of the season. But those last, you know, closing half of the season, seven, eight, nine weeks, they're trash and they don't make the playoffs because of that. So, yes, the gap is that big, Darren Waller. You are not even close to the, the consistency, the greatness, the talent-wise, the consistent athleticism, the leadership. Oh, my God, who's the leader on the Raiders? Because I I really don't see one. Derek Carr seems great, but you know, Patrick Holmes seems better. Andy Reid seems a lot better than Jay John Gruden. So, you know, just the consistency, that's where that big gap is, Darren Waller. So I I get you have to say this. I mean, who's gonna say, oh yeah, I mean, we're not even close to the Chiefs. I would never admit that, even if that was true. I would never say that. So I understand this is something you probably have to say, but let me clear it up for y'all. You let me, you know, put the take off the filter of this quote. No, the gap is really big. We're not consistent, and we probably won't even reach the level of what the Chiefs are doing in this kind of two, three year stretch ever in the entire history of the Raiders going forward they will never reach this level of success and I'll put the show on that I will put the show on that so Darren Waller the gap that you're not seeing it's consistency so if you can work on that maybe then the gap will seem very small to everybody else but um, yeah be consistent because you're not winning at the end of the games at, or at the end of the season and that speaks on poor coaching poor discipline not consistency getting figured out not changing it up that's what that all speaks to so um, you know when there's tape on you people can figure figure you out and you can't overcome it that's not going to win a Super Bowl um, alrighty, keep moving on here. We got a quote from Russell West or from Russell Wilson. <clears throat> I want to be involved in the Seahawks personnel decisions. And yes, yes, why why, why are people just making hires all willy-nilly, whatever they want? Folks, this is a team sport. One of the one of the, the only team sports where you've got multiple sides of the ball. You know, basketball, everybody on the court is playing offense and defense. Same thing with really soccer. I mean, there's 11 people. You know, you got the offense and the defense on the field really at the same time. Football, no. One offense. That's it. All right, now you bring your defense on, and now the defense goes against the other people's offense. So, yes, the quarterback should be, especially if he is a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson, who has already brought you to multiple Super Bowls and won you a ring, he should be having input. Now, obviously not heavy input. He should not be the end-all, be-all. But he should have a solid, a solid... 30%. 30%. It should be quarterback, head coach, general manager, owner. I probably lumped those two together, general manager, owner. So 
players should get 30%. The quarterback. The quarterback only should get 30% if he's a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson is. The head coach should be, you know, 30% of that input as well. And then the general manager and owner should be that other 30%. I think it's really kind of that simple. Um, You know, because if you don't have input from your players, you get a Texan scenario where Deshaun Watson doesn't even want to play for you anymore. He would rather take the $300,000 hit um, every single game than to play for somebody that you know he he's got no you know respect for doesn't like at all so he would rather lose out on three hundred thousand dollars than play for somebody that he doesn't have any input in so that's where you get would you rather be the texans right now or would you want to be the bucks who you know bruce arians is you know getting input from literally everybody on his coaching staff tom brady's got input in the offense you know bruce arian has input with tom brady about what the plays are gonna be all of that and who to go to so yes russell wilson you should want to be involved you should be involved you shouldn't be having to say this out loud they should just be like all right russell what do you you want this guy or this guy i want this guy because of these reasons do you agree with those reasons russell or do you think do you value something else on the field because me as a coach as a general manager as an owner you know i i don't know what it like i i don't know what it feels like to be out there on the field right now in this scheme so how does it feel should we be you know kind of this run heavy offensive coordinator should we go pass heavy should we have you know a proven one should we go with somebody else how do you even feel about this guy in general what about this guy so yes Russell Wilson he is he is the franchise quarterback he's the face of the franchise if that's folks do do y'all not know who Russell Wilson is like is he a no-name no you could potentially say that he's possibly a potential goat category or goat participant goat contender that's the word I'm looking for finally got it but yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson should have, really, he should have more than 30%. I'd give the man 51%. I would give Russell Wilson controlling <laughs> controlling percentage of who to hire. Uh, but, yes, Russell Wilson should have at least some input. You need some input, folks. Stop saying that your own opinion is the end-all, be-all. You are right and everybody else is wrong. More input leads to more different um, opinions, leads to different outcomes, leads to able to just do more things and know more things and, you know, get better. Getting different input, different opinions, different experiences. Yes, everybody, the majority, the franchise people, the face of the franchise should have a decision on personnel. Now, obviously, you're not going to go to the second stringer, you know, backup left tackle on his opinion or the practice squad people, folks. We're really only talking about the face of the franchise. And Russell Wilson is hands down the face of the Seahawks organization. Alrighty, and then the last story, and it just frustrates me so much. Am I wrong? I don't think so. I'm rarely ever, rarely ever am. Uh, but what is up with everybody saying that the Panthers should be going out and getting a new quarterback? What is wrong with Teddy Bridgewater? The man is doing great. We've been praising this man all season. Folks, the Panthers just had a new head coach from college. He has never coached in the NFL. So we can give a little bit of a free pass on the first year, right? Right? And they still did very well. His number one offensive player, Christian McCaffrey, only played two games and he left early in both of those games. So, uh, folks, what are we talking about here? And Teddy Bridgewater has elevated those two wide receivers. I mean, folks, midway at the end of the season, we were talking about that wide receiver core for the Panthers in, you know, top five kind of wide receiver duos in the entire league. We were talking about, you know, 
Robbie Anderson and CJ Moore, you know, the same way we were talking about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Folks, these are great wide re or these are good wide receivers that Teddy Bridgewater is elevating to A1 tier 1 wide receivers, best wide receiver duo in the league in a team of the Panthers that is in totality not great, you know, on the defensive side of the ball and you know besides, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater and the two wide receivers, they really don't have that like that level of superstar talent on the squad and they still made it work. Do I do I have the NFL standings up here? What is this tab? This is NBA standings. Darn it. Do I got this NFL standings? Can I even look this up? Let me go back here. <clears throat> the NFL website is still kind of acting a little funny. Here it is. Standings. What did the Panthers end with this season? 5-11. and 11. Not bad. Not horrible. They were in all, most of the games that they lost. These are close games. What do we get here? We got anything by like points, four and points in a way. I mean, folks, yes, they were five and eleven, and they only gave up fifty-two more points than they scored. That doesn't seem that bad to me. Is that bad? Let me see. Let me see a bad team. What's a bad team? Hmm. Eagles. I mean, they're almost at like eighty-point differential between points four and points against, and they had four wins. I mean, Carolina five wins, one more win, but closer games. Being in games, they were very close in really all the games, folks. We we broke them down every single week. Um, the only their only one knock was Teddy Bridgewater was not clutch in some of those games, which is that's fine. A lot of players aren't clutch. It's hard to be clutch consistently. You can kind of teach clutchness a little bit, not too much. You can't do like Tom Brady level of clutch. LeBron James level of clutch you can't really teach that but you know Teddy Bridgewater he can be better he can be and you know when he's got a fresh training camp under him when he's got the preseason under him he can when he's got a full year with the new head coach from the college system he can get better folks so can we stop that everybody think is everybody thinks the Panthers are going to get a new quarterback. Look at this one. The Lions, points for 377, points against 519. I mean, folks, we're talking over a 100-point differential there. Even the Vikings, they're at 45-point differential with a 7-9 season. The Panthers' points differential was only 52. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Points against, I mean, they weren't even giving up that many points, so the defense was kind of solid. Only gave up 402 points. Who else gave up? Like 400. Damn, the Rams only gave up 296 points. That's holy cow good. Damn! 296, that's the first time I've seen anybody under 300 for this season. All right, now we got to go to the... This is the a NFC. We got to go to the AFC. Where's the AFC at? All right. Anybody got under 300? No. Wow. 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 When you look at these numbers, folks, we have to give it up for the Rams. Only allowed 296 points all season. Nobody else was even close to that. The second highest point total uh, close to that would be... 338, 312. All right, the Steelers. Wow, the Steelers. Their defense kind of shut it down a little bit. 312 points. That's the second highest point or second lowest points against. Wow, interesting. All right, let's go back here, though. 
So can we stop with the Teddy Bridgewater nonsense? I bring it up because we see this here. Um, ESPN writes an article on who is the ideal landing spots for the top free agents coming in. And they say Dak Prescott would go to the Panthers. Where? What? 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 First of all, Dak Prescott and Teddy Bridgewater, I really don't see that much big of a difference of. And I don't think Dak Prescott would be able to kind of elevate the receivers, elevate the play of the receivers like Teddy Bridgewater is doing. We saw Dak Prescott not even be good until he finally got an A1 tier one wide receiver in um, Cooper or Amari Cooper. He couldn't even make it work until they got the big name. Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, is that a big name? It's a solid name, you know, with the Jets, solid there. CJ Moore, once again, is that a big name? It's a solid name. It's not, you know, it's not going to be a first round pick. It's, you know, if we were just drafting NFL wide receivers, CJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, they're not going to be one, two, three. I wouldn't pick them in the top, like, 20 rounds I, I would be going with other receivers so Teddy Bridgewater was making those wide receivers work we we're talking about them I think they both ended up with a thousand yards for the season I mean that's absolutely fantastic they are the top five one of the top five wide receiver duos in the league because of Teddy Bridgewater doing work and they didn't even have the running back folks so stop it with the Panthers are gonna go and get a quarterback we see you know ESPN saying that Dak Prescott's the perfect fit for the Panthers no that's not even I don't where, where does that even come from and then we get, you know, PFF saying that the Dolphins and Panthers are going to trade draft picks. The Panthers are going to tr trade up to number three to draft a quarterback. What is going on here? Um, I can guarantee you, I, I will bet the show on it. I don't care. Teddy Bridgewater will be the quarterback of the Panthers next year. And, the, and, and we'll, we'll add this stipulation to it. And the Panthers will make the playoffs next season. I will bet the show on that. Hit me up on Twitter if y'all want to make that bet. But uh, I'm here. Um, so yes, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the Panthers quarterback. It's, it's kind of a little ridiculous. We're talking about it. Um, alrighty. Those are all the stories that we had to cover for today. Um, so let's head over to the NBA. We'll quickly break down what happened then go a little bit deeper into the stats, do our moneymaker for the NBA today. Cause there are some primetime games on finally tonight. No primetime games on last night. Unfortunately, we're back on nationally scheduled television today. I think with two games and two good games. So we'll talk about that and then we'll do our NFL cash and trash list. Our final one final one. It's going to be a tearjerker. It's going to be a tearjerker last of the season. Um, all right. So here we go. In the NBA last night, let's start here. Rockets and Hornets and folks, this is not the Rockets team that we are praising here on Takes by Fans. The Rockets team we like is Victor Oladipo and John Wall both playing together. We really like John Wall, Victor Oladipo, and Christian Wood, but I can kind of forgive the Christian Wood being out. Really, we just want to see Victor Oladipo and John Wall playing together. John Wall did not play last game, last night. So once again, that's why we didn't take the Rockets in our moneymaker. That's why we said to stay away from the game. That's why we weren't rooting for the Rockets last night. <clears throat> and the Rockets lose because John Wall did not start. It's simple as that. So very well done to the Hornets winning 119-94. And can we talk about LaMelo Ball, folks? This is why we voted them an all-star. And if y'all clown me for that, hey, you know, that's on y'all. But uh, LaMelo Ball is absolutely killing it as a starter here for the Hornets. Has them in playoff position. They're 12 and 13. What's their official standings here? I see number six. <clears throat> yeah, it's number six in the East. And that's exactly what I want to see. I want to see this Hornets team in the playoffs. Absolutely. I want to see what LaMelo Ball can do. And folks, you know, Cody Zeller's all right, but if they get another great big, man, this team can be dangerous. Right now, they would be facing... 
Who do they got in the first round? The Nets. Oh, God. Oh, God. You got pay, Hornets. You have to move off that number six spot. You cannot face the Nets the first round of the playoffs. I guarantee it. It probably won't end well. So, yes, you got to either move up or down. Same thing with the Nets because I don't want to see the Hornets get eliminated first round, especially against the Nets. I don't think that would be great. The Nets should have everything figured out, you know, by the time the playoffs come. Uh, everybody's healthy. Everybody's in the starting lineup. They know how to win together. They know how to, you know, play defense and not, you know, lose close games together so hornets oof i know it's still early but get out of that number six seed please Alrighty, Wizards and Bulls, and folks, 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 the first time we give some respect to the Bulls, we bet them in our moneymaker, them minus two, Russell Westbrook wasn't playing for the Wizards, which in probably hindsight was actually a good thing for them, that we missed, unfortunately, so unfortunate here, the Bulls let us down, this was a game that they should have won, they sh must have won, and they did not win it, the Wizards beat the Bulls 105-101, Zach Levine, he missed a driving layup to to tie the game with two seconds left folks I mean we praise Zach Levine on this show all the time of being the only great player on the Bulls but then you can't even make a layup it, it was a little contested it wasn't anything you shouldn't been able to finish down low especially in crunch time especially to tie the game and to go into overtime Zach Levine if you're the guy you have to be the guy on a nightly basis because that's where we're getting from Bradley Beal he is consistently being the guy clutch shots every night 30 plus points Zach Levine you've got to start hitting the clutch shot so truly unfortunate what is going on in Chicago even Zach Levine their big superstar can't get it done down the stretch so who else do you expect to do that on your team man so we gave them one chance we gave them one shot the Bulls and we will never bet them again for the rest of the season our first our first of the season we will no longer bet the Bulls folks the Bulls are on our do not bet less our our do not bet list you can never trust them they couldn't even beat the Wizards while they were at home folks Zach Levine couldn't even make the game tying layup with two seconds left folks there's no hope for this Bulls team if you can't beat the Wizards you're not going to be able to beat anybody else so Wizards get the win 105 101 over the Bulls truly truly disappointing Raptors and Grizzlies and the Raptors get back on track here and it's kind of crazy I mean this Raptors team um, they had a lot of a lot of people getting kicked out the game Kyle Lowry got kicked out of the game because of back spasms he's left early in the first half I think it was either at the end of the first quarter of like or very very early in the second quarter um, so Kyle Lowry big name you know he puts up a lot of points you can count on him for at least 20 a game really and 20 points and like seven assists so he gets he gets um, he leaves the game because of back spasms and then we get um, Nick Nurse the head coach he gets ejected in the third quarter so two big names here Nick Nurse we know you know he's a fantastic coach and he really has done a fantastic job with this Raptors team over the past couple of seasons so you know that's a big out for them Kyle Lowry being out but they still overcome all that, go on a 28-6 run um, late in the second half, really get the lead, hold on to it, and beat the Grizzlies because they were getting beat really for the entire game. But then the 28-6 run happened, and it changed everything. So, And that was after Lowry being out and uh, Nick Nurse being ejected. So very well done to this Raptors team, beating the Grizzlies, a team that they should beat. You know, this I, I the Raptors overall are a better team. I think, um, I think John Morant's probably the best player between these two teams, but overall the Raptors have a better team overall. So Raptors get to win 128-113. Timberwolves Mavericks in the Mavericks get back on track here just kind of barely being the Timberwolves it was a close game um 
yeah, very kind of close game, closer than it should be. Still cannot buy this Mavericks team. Uh, just these these close games and losing a lot and just can't trust them. So they barely beat the Timberwolves, 127-122. Warriors, Spurs, Spurs get to win 105-100, and it was a close game, folks. Steph Curry was going crazy. DeJounte Murray was going crazy. DeJounte Murray hit a clutch three to put them up four with 12 seconds left. Steph Curry comes back and hits a three right in, you know, in the in the next three seconds, making it a one-point game with nine seconds left, 100 to 101. And then we get this infamous play here. Let's show it right now. So... Warriors end up getting the ball. They did have to foul the Spurs, and they do make both free throws. So it's 103-100 Spurs, and now the uh, the Warriors inbound the ball with eight seconds left, and let's see what happens. They go to Draymond Green, and he instantly flings it up, and they lose the game because of it. And then Draymond Green after the game says he was expecting to get fouled, which I mean, look right here. I mean, folks, you, I probably would have chucked the three up as well. You instantly get the ball. He's looking like he's about to follow you. Draymond Green thinks he's about to get fouled. So he just shoots up the three. So he gets three free throws attempts out of that and not just two. Uh, so Draymond Green just flings it up. Very well done by the Spurs. Hang on. I'm not. Hang on. I didn't even touch him. He backs off and he just lets the shot fly up. Obviously, it's not going to go. It's Draymond Green shooting a Steph Curry shot. That's not going to fall. We know this. So, unfortunate here by Draymond Green. Um, you know, he's usually a very sound player, a, a very cerebral player, and this one just kind of got away from him. I understand what he was trying to go with, but, um, you know, there was still eight seconds left. I still don't even think that's the best play. If they follow you, if they foul you, you know what? Oh, well, you know, now there's eight seconds left. You go shoot two free throws. You do the same thing back, and now you're back in the same situation, still down three with probably six and a half, seven seconds left, and, you you know, you can try this whole thing again. The good thing about them following you is that, you can try and follow them back and try to cut it down to a two-point game instead of a three-point game. So even with this kind of, he thought he was getting fouled, still not the right play. Only Steph Curry should be taking the shot in this situation anyway. So little blunder here by Draymond Green really kind of cost him the game. Now would would the would the Warriors hit the three here with eight seconds left? Probably, I, I can't even say probably not because we know Steph Curry's fantastic. So we don't know what would have happened. And Draymond Green uh, throws the game away a little bit. So the Spurs win 105-100. Cavs, Suns, Suns hold on to get the win 119-113. Very well done. We'll break down their stats a little bit. You know the Cavs. You know they're just you know they don't have that guy to win you the game in the fourth quarter. We've seen Colin Sexton, you know, go off, you know, for 40 points, but that was kind of one game. Now he's kind of sinking in, you know, back to classic 20, 22 points, nothing really great. And uh, the Cavs just don't have that superstar. So well done for the Suns getting the win, 119, 113. All right, our, the second game at our moneymaker last night, and this one didn't hit either. Bucks winning 125-112 over the Nuggets. We had the Nuggets plus 4.5. We thought it was great value. I mean, Jokic wasn't getting locked up down low, but it was just every time he would exit the game, which wasn't that long. I think he played like 39 out of the 48 minutes there are in a basketball game. But in those couple of minutes that he was off the field, the Bucks would just go on these runs and down low, unstoppable. But when Jokic, you know, was in, they did have a decent time, you know, he, he still did great. He still had 12 rebounds and 36 points. So he was still, you know, doing classic, um, 
um, what's his name? Uh, Jokic things. But, um, you know, the Bucks, they still get the win here. 125-112. And what is going on with this Nuggets team? They can beat everybody. Or they can't. They can only beat. The only good team that the Nuggets can beat are the Jazz. But they can't beat anybody else. So what is going on with them? It truly seems like the Jazz's true kryptonite is just the Nuggets. But the Nuggets can't beat anybody else consistently. It's a little little weird there. But a uh, little mismatch problems with everybody else. And uh, Chris Middleton had a great game too. We'll break him down. All right, and then the last game, Lakers-Thunder. Lakers get the win in overtime, 119-112. This one was a little crazy as well. Dennis Schroeder has kind of the, the potential game-winning jump shot, puts the, the Lakers up two. They find themselves up three. Thunder had the ball with about like five, six seconds left, and they foul the three-point shooter, Shea Gillis-Alexander. He goes and makes all three, all three free throws. LeBron James has a chance to win the game with the last second three with about like one second left while inbounding. Does not go, but they do get it done in overtime. So a little unfortunate there for the Lakers that had to go into overtime, but they still get the win. little bad there by following a shooter at the three-point line, kind of like you know what could have happened in that. Um, in that Warriors-Spurs game. It actually kind of happened in the Lakers-Thunder game. Um, so a little interesting there, a little dynamic there. We see the one end where they don't foul and you fling it up, and we get the other end where they do foul and you tie the game because of it and go into overtime. So we get, the, the, we get both sides of the coin here with the Lakers-Thunder and Spurs-Warriors game. All right, let's go a little bit deeper into the stats, see who's doing good, see who's doing bad, see who we should be fading off on a little bit, see who we should be buying a little bit more. So here we go. We'll start back at Rockets and the Hornets. And as I said, the Rockets did not have John Wall, and they also did not have Aaron Go Eric Gordon. So that's two huge pieces we would not expect them to win anyway. So... Victor Oladipo, 21 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, shot, all right, all right, 30% from 3, 39% from the field. Daniel House Jr., 13 points. DeMarcus Cousins, 9 points, 9 rebounds. I mean, he's very solid. Even with Christian Wood, you know, being out of the starting lineup, DeMarcus Cousins is definitely still a solid, viable option. He's very good off the bench as a starter. No, solid as well as a starter, but I think he does do a little bit better off the bench here in this Rocket system. P.J. Tucker, no points, no rebounds, two assists. Kind of what P.J. Tucker does. He's just kind of enforcer down there, kind of a Draymond Green role, so we don't expect a lot of points out of him very often. But in this kind of circumstances, we probably should have expected points out of P.J. Tucker. If you're in the starting lineup without, you know, two of your starters, Eric Gordon, John Wall. Eric Gordon's not a starter, but he is a solid bench piece. So P.J. Tucker probably should have probably stepped it up a little bit in the scoring department. Unfortunate. Same thing with Deshaun Tate. I mean, only 13 points. He shot well, 71%. But once when there's nobody, when you've got two big pieces of your main scoring output out, somebody's got to step it up. Obviously, Oladipo, I mean, he can only do so much uh, because he's the main guy. He's the one that's going to be locked down. So somebody else has to step up. And unfortunately, nobody else really did. Not even on the bench. Uh, so let's go to their bench. We get... Uh, 
David Waba, nine points. That's solid there. Nine points, five rebounds. Sterling Brown, eight points, seven rebounds, five assists. That's also solid in 28 minutes off the bench. Mason Jones, six points, two assists. We get Ben McLemore, 15 points, led the scoring off the bench. That's what we're talking about. He actually was the second leading scorer on the team off the bench in only 18 minutes. So, you know, somebody else. We needed Ben McLemore, but somebody else to do it and somebody else to put up kind of probably five or seven more points than he did. Unfortunately, the Rockets did not get that. And, uh, you know, we kind of told y'all to stay away from the Rockets because we need John Wall. We need everybody to be playing this game. Alrighty, the Hornets getting the win. Alright, let's see how they did it. Lamella Ball, 24 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, shot 39% uh, from the field and 58% from 3, 7 of 12 from 3. The man made 7 three-pointers. Absolutely love it. Um, so this man is absolutely elevating his game now that he's a starter and he's really thriving. I mean, look at this, a plus 29 in the plus minus. Nobody else in the entire game. Nobody else in the entire game had close to 20. Uh, he had a plus 20. The second highest on his own team was uh, Bismick Biombo with a plus 16 off the bench in only 10 minutes of play. So very, very great game by LaMelo Ball. Love everything about this man. We voted him an all-star, and we will stick by that decision, folks. We stick by that decision. LaMelo Ball deserves to be an all-star. Um, you know, most of the season off the bench, averaging 12-7-7, and now he's at the starting position, elevating his play getting better getting more consistent every single game and we cannot praise this man enough all right, Terry Rozier, 15 points. Very well done. Four assists. Shot three of eight from three. Once again, not bad there. Cody Zeller, 10 points, seven rebounds. I'm, I don't know how you feel about Cody Zeller. Um, you know, obviously, he should be eating against kind of this Rockets team. Yes, DeMarcus Cousins, he's a big beef down low. He's just not that tall. Um, is he even like, what, what is he, 6'7"? What do we got here? Damn, he is 6'10". All right, so maybe I'm wrong. Damn, all right. He does not look 6'10 down there. Holy cow. What's Cody Zeller? What do we got for Cody Zeller? He's 6'11". Yeah. I, I think... I think... <laughs> I think DeMarcus Cousins' height's like inflated like an inch or two. I think this man's 6'8", honestly. Maybe 6'9", but 6'10", I don't really see that. Um, hmm, I think those are falsified numbers of 6'10 for, <laughs> for uh, DeMarcus Cousins. But anyway, back to Cody Zeller. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like if the Hornets get a great big, Andre Drummond, Jared Allen, I mean, those are the two bigs I want to see on the Hornets. Really, Jared Allen, because I want him out of Cleveland. And if he goes to the Hornets, I think LaMelo Ball and Jared Allen could be an absolutely underrated dynamic duo. I mean, I know nobody's saying that combination. Nobody ever has is saying that LaMelo Ball and Jared Allen would work together. But I'm telling you, they would, they would folks. Um Alrighty, so what else we get here? Uh, Gordon Hayward, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Once again, you know, decent by Gordon Hayward. Really kind of fitting into this role. Taking kind of a more of a backseat approach here now that LaMelo Ball is in the starting lineup. So definitely like that from Gor uh, Gordon Hayward. P.J. Washington, kind of a little disappointed here. Three points, five rebounds, three assists. Doesn't shoot very much, so that's probably the reason why he's only got three points, so we'll keep an eye on him. Um, all right, and off the bench, obviously, Miles Bridges and Malik Monk are absolutely fantastic. Miles Bridges, 19 points, 10 rebounds off the bench, shooting 67%. Malik Monk, 14 points, five assists, four rebounds, two steals, two blocks off the bench on 25 minutes with 
55% shooting percentage. It's absolutely magnificent. This is what we're talking about, folks. Love the starting line, or like the starting lineup here. Really just love Lamella Ball, but really love this bench too by this Hornets team. Still big on the Hornets, folks. Still big. Alrighty, let's go to Wizards and the Bulls now. And man, oh man, oh man. Let's start with the Bulls because they disappointed us the most here. Zach Levine, I mean, yes, he still had 35 points and 6 assists, 2 rebounds, shot 46%, 3 of 8 from 3, 8 of 11 from the free throw line. Yes, all of that. But he couldn't make the clutch shot down low, unfortunately. I mean, that's who you want taking the shot. I mean, if you've got one shot down by two, you want Zach Levine taking it. Do you want him driving or do you want him taking a jump shot? Well, he drove. And he absorbed some a little bit of contact, and it really is still makeable. It should have still been makeable, but Zach Levine misses it. So truly unfortunate there. Um, nothing else great here. I mean, the second highest scorer of this team was Thaddeus Young off the bench, and I kind of feel like we're seeing that every single time. So get Thaddeus Young off this team. Uh, he's a little, uh, is he aging out of the league? What, what is he right now? 13 years. Yeah. So he is aging out of the league a little bit. So obviously he's definitely probably should be coming off the bench, but get this man on a different team, man. Let this man try to compete for a ring in his last couple of seasons here. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what's going on with this other starting lineup? It's solid. Everybody's putting up like 10 plus points, which is good. Denzel Valentine, 11. Patrick Williams, 10. Daniel Gafford, 10. Kobe White, 8 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Shot 30%. Oh my goodness, yes. The shooting percentage was not good. Patrick Williams, 20%. Denzel Valentine, 30%. Yes, they put up 10 points, but geez, can y'all put up a little a little bit better shooting percentage here. Jeez. Uh, so you don't got great shooting percentage. You don't got the clutchness. Not looking too good. All right, let's go to the Wizards now. As we said, no Russell Westbrook, so the team plays a little bit better. Is there correlation with when Russell Westbrook is not on the court, they win? Yes, there is strict correlation. There is direct correlation between those two things. You don't have the six turnovers. You don't have the poor free throw, or you don't have the poor shooting percentage. You don't have the wild nonsense going on, and uh, you know you got everybody else buying in. So Bradley Beal. Led the team, 35.7 assists, 5 rebounds. And then, you know, Rui Hachimura was still able to get 19 points. Somebody else was still able to kind of get great production. Kind of like what the Bulls did not do. Zach Levine, 35 points. Everybody else kind of only 10. We get Bradley Beal, 35 points. Ryu, Ryu Hachimura, 19 points. Davis Burtons, 12 points. Alex Land, 13 points, 7 rebounds. Decent contribution off the bench. Uh, what do we get? Ish Smith, six points, seven assists, six rebounds. Denny Avija. I mean, folks, this man got brought down to the um, to the to the bench, and he actually kind of still did the same. Four points, ten rebounds. That's what we're talking about. So, who was it? Was it Rui Hachimura who got elevated, or Davis Burton's? I feel like it was Davis Burton's. But either way, uh, Denny Avija gets brought down to the bench. And uh, did pretty decent. Didn't shoot well, 22%. But the 10 rebounds, I will uh, I will kind of look the other way on the poor shooting night. Robin Lopez, 8 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. So just everybody getting it done. Solid team play here. Bench getting all the boards. Starters getting all the points. And uh, they get the win because of it. So very well done. Russell Westbrook. They win without Russell Westbrook. Unfortunate Russell Westbrook. We'll just say that. Alrighty, Raptors and Grizzlies. Let's start here with the Raptors. And holy moly, folks. Oh, gosh. Look at these points people were putting up. Fred Van Vliet, 32 points. Pascal Siakam, 32 points. Norman Powell, 29 points. Absolutely magnificent. Yes. 
this is the Raptors team we want to see on a game-to-game -game basis. Obviously, Kyle Lowry only four points because he only played seven minutes. Fred Van Vliet went wild, Pascal Siakam went wild, and Norman Powell all went wild. This is what we want to see. This is what the Raptors team needs to be. Obviously, you know, Fred Van Vliet doesn't need to go and score 30. Same thing with Siakam. Um, you know, but they still they still need to put up like 20-plus points. Same thing with Kyle Lowry. You need Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and Kyle Lowry all putting up about 20-plus points. So when two go for 60, that kind of makes up for the three going up for 20, right? Because that equals 60 anyway. Um, alrighty, what else do we got to talk about? Aaron, uh, Aaron Baines, probably, you know, another team that can definitely benefit from a better big down low here. Raptors, Hornets, Cody Zeller, Aaron Baines. It's just, yeah, they're solid bigs. They're all right bigs, but there's obviously better bigs out there and definitely better bigs that, you know, we know that are in the trade market. We know Andre Drummond is in the trade market. Andre Drummond would instantly make this Raptors team and Hornets team a lot better. So we'll see what happens closer to the trade deadline, but this is a team that can definitely benefit from a better big. Alrighty, Chris Butcher off the bench. Man, very well done. 12 points, 10 rebounds. Very well done. What else do we get? Um, is that it? Man, that was kind of all the great bench production. But, um, I mean, the, the starter's going crazy. So, obviously, not a lot of great production can be had since the starters are going wild. So, very well done to the Raptors. Getting back on track, overcoming so much more. And that's what's great about this Raptors team. They are resilient. They know that they're not superstars individually. But when they all play together and all are on, they are superstars as a team. So, you know, everybody going out there, showing off, seeing their coach get ejected, seeing, you know, Kyle Lowry, the face of the franchise, the only kind of superstar. Um, that's actually on the team so they see him go out they see the coach get ejected and everybody steps up that's what's great about the Raptors their locker room they all buy in and they all play for each other so that is still there by the Raptors and that is what we know um, alrighty, now let's talk about the Grizzlies. John Morant, 18 points, 9 assists, very well done. And they actually had some actually great play from all the starters here, so let's just list them out here. Dylan Brooks, 22 points. Kyle Anderson, 15 points. Jonas Valanciunas, 27 points, 20 rebounds, 10 offensive, 10 defensive. I mean, folks, if you don't win a game putting up getting 10 offensive rebounds, I don't know, man. That's kind of frustrating to not win that game. Desmond Bain, 13 points. As we said, John Morant, 18 points and 9 rebounds. And then they also had Grayson Allen off the bench, 12 points, 3 rebounds. He shot 50% from 3, 3 of 6 from 3. Alrighty, we have an emerging J.J. Redick in our hands, folks. Grayson Allen, uh, he's a little bit of a dirtier player than J.J. Redick is, which I really don't like, especially in basketball, because, I mean, you really cannot play around on that court. You cannot mess around on that court, folks. We are talking about ACLs, MCLs, um, Achilles, everything like that. You cannot be messing around on the basketball court. And we saw Grayson Allen. It's not only in college, folks. We just saw this season him tripping players. You can't do that. That is, that's like the unwritten rule. You cannot interfere with people's shooting platforms because that's how injuries happen. And it's not just like, oh, you know, oh, okay, my big toe hurt because I came down. No, we're talking about whole injuries. We're talking about Gordon Hayward's leg popping out of his skin. We're talking about, you know, 
Uh, Clay Thompson, torn Achilles, torn ACL, Kevin Durant, torn ACL. I mean, folks, it takes a year, a year to get back from these injuries, a year off your freaking career lifespan, a year off your agility, your athleticism. Your athleticism will never be at the peak that it was when you have to get it repaired. So Grayson Allen, got to clean it up a little bit because you can be a definite viable off-the-bench three-point shooter. You can have the career that J.J. Redick is having right now, which is definitely a solid career. You just play off the bench. You go to some, you know, potential contenders for championships, but Grayson Allen's definitely got to clean up the dirtier stuff, so we'll see. I haven't seen anything lately, so, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt that he is cleaning it up, but if we see it again, mm, that's really not going to be great, but very well done to Grayson Allen here off the bench, 12 points, one rebound, or three rebounds, one assist, one steal, 50% three-point shooter, fantastic. So, um, Raptors get the win. Very well done. Still don't know what to make of this Raptors team. We see, we're seeing some great performances, but then some lackluster performances in some lackluster or some great performances against kind of the bottom half of the, of the league. So still don't know what to make of this Raptors team. We're still not buying into them. Um, we, we still have maybe, maybe 10, 10%, uh, shares of the Raptors, but I am think we are kind of fading them a little bit here. Got to see them start winning against kind of the better teams on a consistent basis and got to start seeing the starters all performing well, not just, you know, a great night by Fred Van Vliet, then an off night by everybody else. And then a great night by Siakam. And then, you know, kind of maybe a great night by Lowry, then two straight games of nobody really stepping it up. This Raptors team, we need, we kind of need to see this not to this extreme but we need to see you know 20 from Siakam 20 from Van Vliet 20 from Lowry 20 from Norman Powell that's what we need to start seeing consistently and until we start seeing that we can't buy into the Raptors and it's not like this is something that we are kind of grasping at straws or asking too much we see this for, we saw that level of production from the Raptors the last two seasons with Kawhi and in the bubble that's what made them good all the starters playing very well on a night in night out basis we haven't gotten that at this season yet so still kind of a little question mark of the Raptors and still a lot of time we no rush here no pressure we'll we'll get it figured out um all let's move on to uh Mavericks and Timberwolves and the Mavericks get it done still once again kind of not too much to buy on this Mavericks team yes they're beating the teams that they should be I mean they should have not they should not lose to the Timberwolves especially with no Carl Anthony Towns uh so very well done the Mavericks winning for a game that they should win here Luka Doncic, 26 points, 5 assists, 8 rebounds. Uh, Chris Porzingis, 27 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists. He had a fantastic night, really. Down low, boards, second chance points, just getting it done. Down low, very well done. Dorian Finney-Smith, 7 points. Tim Hardaway Jr., alrighty. Now we're starting to see him thrive off the bench, and now we know that this is the role for him. So Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench, 24 points, very well done. Maxi Kleber, 5 points, 3 rebounds rebounds all right um what else did we get here Dwight Powell off the bench 12 points that's very solid seven rebounds so very well done Tim Hardaway Jr. getting it done off the bench Josh Richardson Josh Richardson 18 points as well eight assists so some great level of production here between the bench and the starters um, kind of figuring out what is working, what the scheme is, what the rotation should be so um, I'm blanking on the Mavericks head coach name bald guy Mm, damn yeah what is I can't even remember his name but very well done you know all right this isn't working obviously our starting lineup so let's start mixing it around now and Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench I think that's the best decision for this team we're seeing great levels of production from him off the bench 
Alrighty, then the Timberwolves now. D'Angelo Russell, only six points. He only played five minutes. So you don't have your big-name star. Well, you already don't have your big-name star of no Carl Anthony Towns and then no D'Angelo Russell. Um, the fact that they competed in this game is pretty pretty solid there. Everybody's stepping up. So, great sign there. They just don't have the superstars to close out some of these games. Anthony Edwards, 22 points, 4 assists. Very well done by him. Uh, Josh Okiji, 11 points. Meh. Meh. He hit all the shots. Damn, he shot 100%, so I, give, I will give it to him. Um, 11 points on 100% shooting. Free throws, three-pointers, field goal percentage, all at 100%. That's magnificent. Naz Reed, six points. All right. Two rebounds. Um, not going to get it done. Uh, Malik Beasley, 30 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Very well done to stepping it up. Ricky Ruby off the bench, nine points. Jalen Noel, 18 points, five rebounds off the bench. So Timberwolves just mi missing their two starters. If you get Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, and then you still get Anthony Edwards and um, Malik Beasley still kind of playing at the level that they're playing on, this would be a solid team. Unfortunately, you know, we got a, a huge COVID outbreak between Carl Anthony Towns' entire families. That's why, we, you know, we stay away from talking about that. Prayers up to that man's family because uh, it is real wild what's going on over there. So definitely take all the time you need. But when you're back, it's going to be great. It's going to be great to watch. So this is a emerging Timberwolves team, but they just need their stars. And, uh, you know, when they get them back, we'll start talking about them a little bit more. And hopefully they can start making a little bit of a run. I don't even know if they can. I don't even know if they can even make a run. Maybe a little bit too late. Let's see. Uh, they are currently... They are currently 6-18. and 18. They are officially six games out of eight. That's tough. You got to try and beat the Rising Rockets, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, even the Mavericks. I mean, this fight for the A-seed is going to be crazy. Wow, this fight for the A-seed is truly incredible, folks. What, like Basically, one and a half games separate 8 and 14. That is insane. Thunder at 14 with 10 wins. Mavericks at 13 with 11. Pelicans at 12 with 10. Grizzlies at 11 with 9. Rockets at 10 with 11. Warriors at 9 with 12. And Nuggets at 8 with 12 wins. Same thing with Kings. Kings at number seven with 12 wins. Blazers at number six with 12 wins. So, I mean, really, the difference between number six and number 14 is two games max, two and a half games max. That is insane. Damn. So, yes, unfortunate for the Timberwolves. They have a huge uphill battle to climb. They have to overcome six wins. That is crazy. Let's put that into context. That's the West kind of playoff picture so far. The East playoff picture. Um... Number eight, number six, well, you can go all the way up to number four because that's 12 wins too. The difference between number four and number 11 is three wins. That's four and 11. If you go all the way down from four to 14, it's six wins. So a um, little, little bit better competition in the West than there is in the East so far. Damn, these are close. Damn, everybody's having real kind of great success here. Or everybody's just mediocre. It's one of the two here. Um, but damn, I don't know if we've had a playoff kind of race this close. I, I get that, you know, we're only kind of a quarter into the season, maybe starting to eclipse this two-quarter mark, getting close to the two-quarter mark. But um, damn, yeah, all right, that's interesting. All right, 
All right, where do we leave off at? We are now at Warriors and Spurs. So let's do this, obviously. Uh, Steph Curry, 32 points. Kelly Oubre, 24 points. That's what we're talking about. Andrew Wiggins, 11 points, four, five rebounds, four assists. Once again, very solid by him. We see Andrew Wiggins' position a little bit moving in the starting lineup. He's the small forward here. Um we see Juan Toscano Anderson taking over Andrew Wiggins' old spot, and he kind of excelled here. Eight points, 11 rebounds. Not bad. Uh, Draymond Green, seven points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. They move Draymond Green to the five. Little interesting lineup uh, switch here. Unfortunate. It was solid. It was working, but uh, they didn't get the win because of it. So we'll see what's going on with them if they stick with this lineup because the one thing we know about the Spurs is they are so hit and miss, folks. The defense is good one game. The defense is bad one game there's good de the defense is good again it's bad again it's good it's good it's bad it's bad it's bad it's good it's bad it's bad it's good it's good. it's 50 50 here um so spurs end up locking it up in the fourth quarter getting the win DeJounte Murray, clutch three, 27 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, eight, eight steals holy cow DeJounte Murray eight steals oh my gosh all right folks we're putting him on the cash list we have not done of our official cash list yet. Um, we've been adding, you know, a player here, a player there, just kind of, you know, throughout until we're going to get settled on coming on uh, Thursday. That will be our official day of resuming this cash list for the NBA. But I got to put DeJounte Murray on here right now. Holy cow. Unbelievable. Eight steals. That is insane, folks. One, uh, what's this date? 2-8. Uh, 2-8 for the eight steals. Holy moly. Damn. That's super impressive. We'll make an exception here. We're putting we're putting Dejounte Murray on the cash list. Very well done. Um, wow, twenty seven points, ten rebounds, eight steals. You almost have a triple double with steals. That's crazy. Alrighty, who else did very good here? Demar Derozan, twenty one points, ten assists, six rebounds. Always so consistent. Very well done. Uh, Rudy Gay off the bench, eleven points. Patty Mills off the bench, nine points. Devin Vassell, ten points off the bench. Very well done. Great production out there. Derek White didn't have a great game, two points, shot nine percent, but everybody else really stepped it up. So very well done to the Spurs team. Very well done to John, to Dejounte De Murray. And all right. Yeah, this I mean this Spurs team is good. They've got the pieces, they've got the coach. It's just some nights they don't bring it, unfortunately. I don't know what it is. Um all right, let's move on here. Three more games left, so let's kind of uh, go a little quickly throughout these last three games. Let's start here with the Suns. What did uh, no Chris Paul? No Chris Paul, and they still get it done. Very well done. Devin Booker, 36 points, carries the load a little bit. 36 points, 8 assists. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, 15 points, 16 rebounds. Eight of those offensive rebounds. McCall Bridges, 22 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Frank Kaminsky, 9 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. Everybody's, I mean, Etwan Moore, he steps up for Chris Paul. He takes over the starting guard position. 17 points, 4 assists on 70% shooting. That's what we want to see, stepping it up. I mean, folks, this... Uh, 
this uh, Suns team, everybody stepping up when they need to. Without Devin Booker, what was it, two or three games, they won all those games. Uh, no Chris Paul here for this game. They win the game, stepping it up. They're not that deep, uh, but they, they'll step it up. These players from the bench to the starting position will always step up their level of play, and that's so fantastic. Even here, Cameron Johnson didn't have a great game off the bench, only eight points on 27% shooting, but they still get it done. That is huge for the Suns team. We buy the Suns team a lot, and this is why, folks, They've got the main three of uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. And when one of those three are out, they will all step it up. Etwan Moore will step it up. McCall Bridges will step it up. Frank Kaminsky will step it up. Cameron Johnson will step it up. It's so fantastic to watch. That's what I want to see. Players, teams stepping it up. Not just one player here. I don't, want, I don't care, you know... What's the team that's only got one? The Bulls. I don't care that Zach Levine is good. He doesn't elevate the play around him, and nobody steps up on that team. So we don't talk about the Bulls. Yes, they have Frank, or Zach Levine, but that's it. Uh, don't like only one superstar teams. I want to see an entire team performing well night in, night out, and that's what the Suns team is. Alrighty, the Cavs. Let's keep um, tabs on our bigs that we think could possibly get traded here. Jarrett Anlin. Oh, Jarrett Anlin is now in the starting lineup. Interesting. Interesting. They put him at the four. Andre Drummond stays at the five. I don't like Jared Allen at the four, honestly. Uh, but Jared Allen at the four, 14 points, five rebounds. Not bad. Shot 71%, so doing what he's supposed to. Andre Drummond, 15 points, 14 rebounds. Solid play by him as well. Colin Sexton, 23 points, five assists. Really, all their starters stepped up. This is good. This is good. Teron Prince off the bench, 13 points, 6 rebounds. Finished the starters off here. Darius Garland, 17 points, 7 assists. And Isaac Okuru, 11 points. So all real solid here from the starters. Um, JaVale McGee off the bench, only 8 minutes and eight or eight points in 8 minutes. Once again, not bad there. So solid play here by the Cavs. Just don't have that one main guy. Can't beat the Suns. Um, so now we'll see what happens here. Um, Andre Drummond. Potential trade piece, Jarrett Allen, potential trade piece could make so many teams better if they got that extra beef piece. So we'll see what the Cavs do. Seems like they are leaning on trading Andre Drummond, although I do want to see Jarrett Allen get traded because I do want to see him compete. I want to see him competing. Um, all right, here we go. Nuggets, Bucks. Let's start here with the Bucks. Why did they win? Let's start. We got to look at their three-point shooting. 16 threes made. Very well done. We'll take that. Um, Chris Middleton, 29 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. A fantastic game from him. 0 of 5 from 3, though. So the threes weren't falling, but he looked you know, to pass the assists, and he did that. So still put up 29 points. Giannis, 30 points, 9 rebounds, 6 of 8 from the free throw line. We'll take that all day. 2 of 5 from 3. Not bad. I don't really want to see him taking 5 threes, but he hit 2 of them, so I will forgive it. A little bit. Brooke Lopez, 13 points, 7 rebounds. Dante DiVincenzo, 3 of 6 from 3. Very well done. 13 points, 7 rebounds. Brian Forbes, 15 points, 5 rebounds. 3 of 6 from 3. Very well done. Pat Connaughton, 1 of 3 from 3 off the bench. DJ Augustine, 1 of 5 from 3 off the bench. And Tory Craig. Tory Craig, um, he's usually a starter. What's going on with that? He's just getting back. I feel like I, we haven't called his name. He just got off of uh, injury or something. Last five games. What's his minutes like? Oh, yeah. So still coming off the bench. These are not uh, great minutes here. So, oh, yeah. All right. We just haven't called them. What is his points looking like? Nine points. Nothing really great. A couple of threes here and there. All right. All right. 
Was he even was Tory Craig was oh no was he, he was on the Nuggets last season that's why that's why we we that's where we know him from all right the the Nuggets last year Tory Craig all right can I make sure of that is there anything I can do for this <laughs> really quickly let me double check that I'm almost ninety nine percent sure. Um, alrighty. His career stats, Tory Craig. Denver. Yeah, Denver. Alright, we were right. I knew we were right. Alright. Um Yeah. He was kind of a starter. Was he a starter in Denver? Doesn't matter. He was in Denver last season. Uh so alright, to the box here. That's a good good three point shooter. I'm a I'm a fan of Tory Craig. Three of three up the bench. That's exactly what you want to see. So very well done to Tory Craig there. And the box, alright, they get it they get it done. Now the Nuggets now. Why did they not get it done? Michael Porter Jr. is in the starting lineup now. No, his first game in the starting lineup, and he does not do well. And this is kind of what we've been seeing, even from the Nuggets last season in the bubble. Just really, his production off the bench is so much more better than it is on the starting position. Now, we will give him the free pass in this game because, we, you know, we know it takes time to get acclimated right back into the starting role. I mean, LaMelo Ball, his first time starting was not a great performance. It was really kind of bad. Uh, so we will kind of forgive Michael Porter's Jr.'s performance here tonight, but we need to start to see it get better in the next game. I mean, folks, if you, I mean, if you have starting position, if you have starting experience, it really shouldn't take you that much longer, that many games to get you back acclimated to it. So if, um, if um, LaMelo Ball can make his second start a very good game, so can Michael Porter Jr. So we have to look out for that next game, but we will give him the free pass here. Joe kick 35 points 12 rebounds three offensive six assists so I mean he was still eating down low three of six from three still attacking the perimeter as well so it's not like the Bucks just locked him down it's just that they lost the game they couldn't stop their big beef of you know Giannis the nine rebounds Brooke Lopez seven rebounds Dante DiVincenzo seven rebounds Chris Middleton eight rebounds um, when you look at the rebounds, I mean, look at this. I mean, the Bucks had 50, 50, and the Nuggets had 38. So that's where the winning is done down low. Yes, Jokic still ate, but nobody else could beat the beef of the Bucks. So the the Bucks, I mean, they're they're big folks. They they're all tall. All their starters are very tall, folks. They're all tall. They all attack the rim, and uh, the three point shooting is a little spotty sometimes. Alrighty, Jamal Murray, 11 points on 23% shooting, 1 of 7 from 3. That will not get it done. So that's why the Nuggets lost this game. Jamal Murray does not step up. And once again, we're a little vindicated on why we like the Jazz overall better than the Nuggets, even though the Nuggets keep beating the Jazz. I like Donovan Mitchell. He's way more consistent than Jamal Murray is. I do like Jokic over Rudy Gobert, but the system that Rudy Gobert is in, he still flourishes. Yes, he's not putting up the 35 a game, but he's putting up a solid 12 the 15 with all the rebounds with pretty solid defense under the rim is just when you accept you know when you need him to kind of guard the perimeter he kind of flounders a little bit so um yeah Jamal Murray not great here 11 points not gonna get it done uh, Michael Porter Jr. as we said eight points two of five from three not bad but you know we've been seeing him off the bench putting up you know 17 20 points it was kind of great to watch uh so we'll see what happens in the next game for the Nuggets unfortunate they lose to the Bucks here 
Alrighty, and then the last game from last night, the Lakers and the Thunder. Let's start here with the Lakers. LeBron James with no Anthony Davis still gets it done. 28 points, 12 assists, 14 rebounds. That is a triple-double. Only shot 2 of 10 from 3. Not great there, but still able to get it done. So very well done to that. Um, nobody else was really eating the rebounds besides Kyle Kuzma. Wow, look at this man. He stepped up big. 11 points, 10 rebounds off the bench. Woo! Oof. Dennis Schroeder, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. That's exactly where he needs to be. Would have liked to see Dennis Schroeder get like 25 just because Anthony Davis didn't play. So I want to see him to start to step it up, you know, when he's now kind of the number two option now. But I'll still, I'll still take 19 points. We're not going to clown it. 1 of 7 from 3. Definitely got to get a little bit better there. KCP, 8 points, 0 of 2 from 3. Damn, really, LeBron, man, he just carries his team. But let's shout out Wesley Matthews with 16 points off the bench. And Montrezl Harrell, whoof, stepping up when Anthony Davis is not there. That's what we want to see. 21 points, 8 rebounds. All righty. So that's why they win. Montrezl Harrell goes crazy. And, you know, Montrezl Harrell... He kind of steps it up more than Kyle Kuzma does. And Kyle Kuzma has been there, obviously, longer than he has. So, um, Kyle Kuzma, we're not going to knock him this game. 11 points, 10 rebounds. That's solid. 1 of 9 from 3 is not. But, uh, you know, he still put up 11 points. So I will forgive it a tad. Um, all right. Almost forgot to do the Thunder here. So, let's do this. Lugan Stortz, once again, 7 points. Can Lugan Stortz re-team up with Chris Paul, please, so he can be good again? Because I'm sick of seeing this man put up, like, 4 points, 7 points, no points. A little lackluster. Um, already, Shea Gillis Alexander, 29 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds. Hamadio Diallo, 20 points, 11 rebounds. Fantastic. Al Horford, 14 points, 5 rebounds. And Darius Baisley, 21 points, 16 rebounds. I mean, the Thunder, holy cow. 55 rebounds total. And damn, the. Damn, the Lakers did have 59. So both really 8 on the boards, both teams. Damn, that's real great. Alrighty, close game. Lakers win it in overtime. LeBron gets it done in overtime. Very well done. Alrighty, that's all the NBA from last night. Let's quickly see what we got on tap today and then do our moneymaker. Get that back on track. That's got to get back on track. Let's see if we can do it here tonight. So here we go. Nets, Pistons. We'll take the Nets. We'll swallow the points. Doesn't matter. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Doesn't matter. Whoever plays, we'll take the points. We'll swallow them. Pistons are trash. Knicks, he should be a good game. We'll probably stay away from that. Rockets, Pelicans, once again, um, not sure on everybody playing there, so we'll kind of look it up. This one's also on TV, 730 on, e, on T, TNT, 730, Rockets, Pelicans. That's going to be a good one to watch. I'm assuming John Wall and Victor Oladipo should be both playing, so maybe we take the Rockets in that game. Warriors, Spurs, back-to-back, -back, going at it again. We'll see what happens at this time. Celtics Jazz is the night game, 10 o'clock on TNT. This should be good as well, but we got to go the Jazz because we know um, possibly Jalen Brown's not playing, and we definitely know Marcus Smart is not. So we'll try and check our Twitter account, see if we see anything on that. Uh, Magic, Trailblazers, that game probably will not be that great, but we'll see what the Blazers do. A little bit of, um, what are they on? Are the Blazers on a two-game losing streak? One-game losing streak, okay. Still not great. 
Um, and then 76ers and the Kings. Ooh, this should be good because we know the Kings are very good. And we know the 76ers are good. They're still our number one team in the power rankings. But we know the Kings are doing very well this season. 12-11 and 11 officially beating some great teams. Just coming off of a huge Clippers win. So we may have to stay away from taking this game. But let's refresh these lines and see what we get here. See if we get any great value. Anything for our moneymaker to get it back on track. So here we go. Nets, Pistons, Nets minus six and a half pistons plus six and a half let me quickly go over to our nba twitter account that we love to follow because they're so on top of it what do we got here damn they haven't even tweeted in the last three hours that's not good um yeah i don't even think we're getting any information here on today's games <laughs> look at this look at this this is not good so not nothing to note so maybe that's good yeah, but we've got no updates here. So that means there is no updates anywhere because they are on top of it, I promise. Um, alrighty, so we're going to have to kind of freebase it a little bit. Let's see what we get. Brooklyn Nets, we're going to swallow the 6.5. The Pistons are very not good. They just traded Derrick Rose. Let's see how that affects them. Um, let's see if anybody starts to step it up in Derrick Rose's absence. That's a possibility. But we're going to take the Nets here, minus 6.5. It should be fine, folks. Whenever you bet the Nets, you just have to live with the outcome, unfortunately, especially when they're facing one of the bottom half teams. You just got to live with the outcome. But we'll swallow the 6.5 here for the Nets. Knicks heat heat minus six and a half Knicks plus six and a half that Knicks plus six and a half is very appetizing on the road though gonna fade it a little bit so we'll come back to this one if we don't get any great value but that's an interesting game to take Rockets Pelicans Rockets plus six and honestly folks honestly ah uh, ah uh, I would assume Christian Wood is not playing but Demarcus Cousins versus uh, you know um Zion Williamson, Steven Adams, is he going to eat? be able to eat down low all game? Probably. Rockets plus six, the firepower. Victor Oladipo and John Wall, I'm assuming, are both playing. Unfortunately, we don't have any confirmation on that. <sighs> yeah, we don't have any confirmation on that. That's a little frustrating. Huh, huh, huh. Alrighty, I guess I got to break this out. Let me go to score mobile. See if we see anything on this. We'll still talk about it. We're not going to waste time as we go through it. But um, I just need to see what is going on with John Wall. That's really it. We get Victor, oh, Victor Oladipo is out and Christian Wood is definitely out. So we are fading the Rockets big time, big time. I'm a little disappointed that score mobile's got in NBA Fantasy Labs does not. What is up with that? Now I got to check the nuts. What do we got going on here? Kevin Durant out. Kyrie Irving game time decision. Mm, I think we're fading this now, too. I do like James Harden, and James Harden is the one net. If there only was one of the big three nets going on a game-to-game -game basis, I guess James Harden would be the one that I would kind of bet on the most to get the win single-handedly. Would definitely not trust Kyrie Irving. He would be my number three, and I would put Ky Kevin Durant at the number two uh, just because he's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to erase our nets plus minus six and a half. We wanted the big three. Thought we were going to get the big three. Not getting the big three. Alrighty. Um, all right, let me look at this Knicks Heat then. Because uh, we got the game time decision for Derrick Rose. So possibly his not first game playing. Goran Dragic out. Avery Bradley out. 
So we got to fade the heat. I mean, I got to see Goran Dragic in the starting lineup for consistency. Um, already Rockets, Pelicans. We already said that one. Alrighty, now we're back at Warrior Spurs, and the spread is very close. We're going to stay away from this second game of a back-to-back. -back. Literally could go either way. That game last night literally could have went either way, so it literally could still go either way. This game, we'll stay away from it. 76ers and the Kings. Alrighty, do we keep our streak alive of just taking the Kings with the points? Nobody is really out no main injuries no main outs for both of these teams um so i think we got to stay away from it i want to root for the kings but uh, the 76ers they're real great especially if joel Embiid is playing the kings will not be able to stop him down low with anybody they have celtics jazz celtics plus six let's see if jalen brown jalen brown is playing Marcus Smart is out. Jalen Brown is a game-time decision. Mike Connolly is still out for the Jazz. So a little interesting there. I just don't think. I think Rudy Gobert is going to be able to eat all day down low. I cannot see Tristan Thompson or Daniel Tice or Robert Williams, whoever they put in that forward spot. So we got to fade this as well. Or do we go minus six for the Jazz? We got to start taking something, right? We got to take something, right? We definitely can't take this, this Nets game. Definitely want to stay away from this Heat-Knicks game. Definitely staying away from the Rockets. And definitely staying away from Warriors-Spurs. So one, two, three games off the rip we have to stay away from. 76ers-Kings. Ah, oh, man. 76ers minus five and a half. The Kings, though, they're streaking. We've been taking all their points. I don't want to break the curse and not take their points. So I'd rather just stay away from it. Celtics Jazz Jazz minus six and then the last one Magic Blazers Blazers minus six and I think we may take these last two games of swallowing six points here let me double check this Blazers game making sure that everybody's out that we know is out Evan Fournier is out that's kind of big for the Magic Obviously, we know Aaron Gordon is out. And, um, yeah, just the usual suspects out for the Blazers. CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurchich. All righty. All righty, I think we're going to make this, uh, we're going to make our pick. Um, nothing great here. Nothing I feel super confident. Let me preface it by that. Um, not a great day for a moneymaker, but we're going to try and force one anyway because that's what we do, baby. We are forcing, and we're going to force Jazz minus six and Blazers minus six. Celtics, I mean, Jalen Brown being, you know, a game-time decision. Possibly should be good. Mike Connolly being out is a little concerning, but I really just cannot see any I, I really see just I mean Rudy Gobert doesn't have to worry about the three-point shooting from the big Tristan Thompson Daniel Tice he can lock them up down low very easily so for those reasons we're gonna lock in Jazz minus six and Blazers minus six for our moneymaker hopefully we can get back on track today Alrighty, now let's kind of I mean damn we are going late today um all right but anyway Let's uh, head over to our NFL money or our NFL cash and trash list, the last of the season. Um, alrighty, here it is, the cash list going into the Super Bowl. We had the Bucks defense, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes in the first half, Tom Brady. Um, alrighty, so let's go through. We'll reevaluate them and uh, do some addition, see who deserves to stay and see who deserves to go. Whoever remains on this cash list will be the cashless Hall of Fame. They will stay on the cash list all throughout the offseason and we'll start next season on the cash list already got a jump start so here we go the bucks defense absolutely folks absolutely um they held let me get to it here i gotta go to damn did i lose it where is it 
right here. Here it is. Unfortunately, the NFL website is still down, folks. It's still down. You can't get to it. It's super frustrating. You go to the scores tab. Can't even bring up any of the games. You just get this endless loading. And then if you go to the schedule to try and click on the game to break down the stats, here it is. This is the screen that I love going to that we've been using all season, and it still does not load. NFL, fix your website. I love it. I love how you break everything down. I love everything about it. So, unfortunately, we have to use Google. Meh. So, here we go. But, anyway, I mean, folks, the Bucks defense, yes. They cheat. They held the Chiefs to nine points and zero touchdowns. Abso-freaking-lutely. The Bucks defense is going to stay on the cash list in totality. We also will shout out some defensive players when we do some additions. Alrighty, Tyreek Hill, does he deserve to stay on the cash list? Well, no, unfortunately. Um, I mean, folks, folks, folks. Yes, he still had some decent yards. Decent in a wide receiver aspect. Not decent in what he can do. And he still put up no touchdowns. So, just kind of meant yardage. Nothing great. Nothing that really impacted the game. So, Tyreek Hill, unfortunately, is no longer cash. Truly unfortunate. Alrighty, let's go to Travis Kelsey. Same thing, kind of like what we said about Tyree Kill. Yes, the yards were good. 133 yards is still very good, but kind of in the grand scheme of what happened in the game, garbage yards, useless yards, non-game-changing yards. So that's not cash. It's a good performance, but no touchdowns, no great catches. Um, how many targets did he have as well? They don't even bring that up. That's why we like the NFL site and not Google. I want to see the targets. How many drops did he have? Because we know everybody was dropping balls all game. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. NFL, come on. Get your site together. So we have to take off Travis Kelsey, unfortunately. Not too unfortunate, but a little unfortunate. Alrighty, now Patrick Mahomes. Well, folks, he threw no touchdowns, two interceptions. So right off of that, we are taking him off the cash list as well. Officially, his stat line is 26 of 49, 270 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Escaping the pocket. I know he was pressured, but, man, he was looking to run every single time. Um, damn, so Patrick Mahomes no longer cash. Alrighty, first half Tom Brady. Well, first half Tom Brady was great. Second half Tom Brady was great. Tom Brady was fantastic, folks. His official stat line, 21 of 29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Just being a game manager, and I love everything about it. I, I would be a game manager. If that's what the game calls for, go out and be it. No big throws, no deep shots, no 75-yard touchdown passes that blew the game wide open. Just methodical. We got the ball. We got a penalty. Let's Keep moving the ball. Chunk five yards here, seven yards, ten yards, five, seven, ten, seven, ten, seven, five, ten. Just kept going, going, going down the field, um, picking up the first down, demoralizing the defense, picking up the first down again, again, completion, 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 five, six yards. So very well done to Tom Brady all game consistently. So we will remove the first half from Tom Brady, and we'll just put Tom there, and we got Tom Brady on the cash list, baby. Yes, sir. Truly deserved. Three touchdowns, no picks. That was our biggest red flag on Tom Brady going into this game. He was going to throw a pick. He didn't. He did. It got called back by a penalty, so it did not count. He threw no picks. So Tom Brady, great performance, game manager, three touchdowns, no picks, got the job done, left with ring number seven. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. That's what he did. So Tom Brady, yes, sir, is now officially cash. Not just first half, not just second half. The entire game, Tom Brady is cash. 
Alrighty, so those are everybody that needed to be kept or removed. So now let's go to our additions, and we got some good ones. We got one, two, three, four, five, six additions here. Can y'all guess? I'll give you a couple of seconds. Guess them. Guess them. Start counting them out. Start rattling off some names. Who do we think is going to be cash? Uh, well, it's going to be all Bucks players, obviously, because, I mean, nine points. We're not even going to get a cash performance out of that. It's not like it was a close game that could have went either way. That would, There was cash on both sides. It's all on the Bucks, folks. So here we go, and we're going to round it off. We're going to start it off here with getting Todd Bowles. Yes, sir. He deserves most of the credit here for what he schemed defensively of just shutting down the Chiefs, folks. Nine points. When has that ever happened in their loss against the Raiders? They still put up like 30-plus points, something crazy like that. It was a shootout. It was still a very high-scoring game. But in the Super Bowl, the first time that Patrick Mahomes has gotten shut out, no touchdowns, it's thanks to Todd Bowles. So he finally got his ring. Very well done to Todd Bowles. Uh, couldn't make it as a head coach. And, you know, it's tough to be the guy, to be the coach. You are the head coach. There's only 32 of those positions in the entire world, folks. So Todd Bowles, you know, couldn't make it as a head coach, but he's defensive-minded. He played to his strengths. He got the job done, and he gets a ring because of kind of what he did. What he did, his mind, his schemes, everything led to Todd Bowles really outshining everybody else here in the Super Bowl 55 so very 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 well done Todd Bowles you get our Super Bowl MVP Super Bowl 55 MVP shutting down Patrick Mahomes is no easy feat and he did it for four quarters straight no touchdowns three field goals only allowed and we'll take that I mean that was our our one kind of big flag our one kind of big stat to beat the Chiefs you have to hold them to field goals and Todd Bowles did it absolutely magnificently so welcome to the cash list Todd Bowles Alrighty, our second edition is going to go to Rob Gronkowski, folks. Robbie G, yes, sir, back and better than ever, teaming up with Tom Brady, and he was the leading wide receiver for the Bucks. Six receptions, 67 yards, and two scores. Yes, sir, Tom Brady going to his main weapon, the one that he trusts the most, and made it work, and Rob Gronkowski was there to solidify the catches, solidify the points and really kind of solidify the win. I mean, Rob Gronkowski single-handedly outscored the entire Chiefs team by himself. 14 points for Gronk, 9 points for the Chiefs. We got to put Gronk on here. What a great game here. Damn, the squad was back together. Tommy B to Jimmy or Robbie G. They get it done. Very well done. Rob Gronkowski, welcome to the cash list, baby. Alrighty, our next edition here is going to go to Leonard Fournette. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, crazy. I did not think that he was going to be on the cash list going into this game. I thought, you know, if there was one running back, it was going to be Ronald Jones. But Bruce Arians pulls a trick out of his sleeve and says, you know what? Leonard Fournette is going to be our premier back for this game. And he was. And he was having clutch, you know, eight-yard runs, picking up the first downs, keeping the chains moving, 16 carries for 89 yards, consistent here, five and a half yards a carry. Also scored a touchdown. I mean, almost single-handedly outscored the Chiefs. You put up seven points for Leonard Fournette. I know technically six, whatever, uh, but nine points for the Chiefs. So very well done to Leonard Fournette. Really kind of iced the game, made some great runs, and Leonard Fournette is going to get um, rewarded with the cash list. 
Alrighty, our next edition is going to be Devin White. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The defense was great for the Bucks, And now we're going to go a little bit deeper into the actual players. Devin White was able to get a pick off of Patrick Mahomes, which is not easy to do. I honestly don't think he had an interception for the entire playoffs. I don't think so. Don't think so. So Devin White able to get one of those picks. Absolutely magnificent. Eight tackles, four assisted tackles, a pick all over the field. Some great plays made by him. So very well done. Let's shout out some special defensive players. And we're starting with Devin White. Alrighty, another defensive player we're going to shout out is Antoine Winfield Jr. Yes, sir. Rookie safety, I believe. How crazy is that? We, we're only putting up uh, him up on this cash list because of this. The disrespect, the cash out, the peace sign. Goodbye, Tyreek Hill. Go, uh, go back to Kansas City. We will be lifting up the Lombardi Trophy. And then we're heading to Disney World. And then the press circuit. And then we're going to be back at it in the training room going back to back so very well done to Antoine Winfield yes he was disrespectful which is the only reason why but he also did have a pick as well one pick for Antoine Winfield four tackles to go along with it great freaking game by him Alrighty, and then we have one more addition here for the cash list, and who will grab it? Who will be immortalized for the rest of the offseason here? Well, we're going to go to the man that had a sack and a half, who was blowing up the run game, who was making sure Patrick Mahomes could not run up the middle. They had the outside contained, and these two combined uh, shut down the interior run game, but we're going to shut out this one player instead of the other one, even though we should be shutting out both of them. But... Enough beating around the bush. Well done to Indomitian Sue. One and a half sacks. Getting it done. Just keeping Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Not allowing to, him to escape. Bringing him down a time and a half. So very well done to Indomitian Sue. Absolutely magnificent. Finally got a ring. I believe this is his first. Um, also want to kind of do an honorable mention of JPP. Once again, him and Ndamukong Su really just working the interior of that line. Ndamukong Su did have a sack and a half. That's where we're elevating him over... Um, JPP, same thing kind of like where, why we're elevating Leonard for elevating Leonard for not over Ronald Jones is because of the score. Uh, so don't want to, you know, water down the cash list. Any, you know, this is a sacred list we got going on here. So very well done to everybody here. Really the Bucks defense in totality, everybody getting it done. So we'd still want to kind of shout everybody out on the Bucks defense. Tom Brady, Todd Bowles, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, Devin White, Antonio, or Antoine Winfield, and Indomitian sue congratulations you are all cash you will all be living on this cash list for the entire offseason you will start next season on the cash list and folks very well done very well done all righty now let's go to the trash list all righty we already have a lot of trash list Hall of Famers. If you end on the trash list, you will be on the trash list for the offseason until next season. You will start on the trash list until you prove yourself. So this is who we have on the trash list uh, as our Hall of Famers. We got Andy Dalton, Brandon Allen, the Miami Dolphins, Mitch Trubisky, Teddy Bridgewater, Russell Wilson, Frank Reich, Big Ben, Mike Tomlin, Lamar Jackson, Rashard Higgins, and Drew Brees. And then we had Tom Brady in the second half from last game. But as we said, he was magnificent the entire game. 
So congratulations, Tom Brady. You have officially escaped the trash list. You are officially cash for the rest of the offseason and not trash. I know that's feeling real good for you. Uh, so very well done to Tom Brady. He's the only one that we kind of had to kind of reevaluate here to see if he still deserved to be on the trash list. He does not. So we removed Tom Brady. But, but, but we still have some additions here for the trash list. And the first one we're going to put here is um, maybe controversial. Maybe controversial, but I mean, folks, folks, what is one thing that happened in this kind of Super Bowl the day, like two days before the Super Bowl happened that really kind of changed the mood of the tone of the Chiefs? Britt Reed driving not very sober. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that and almost murdering people. We won't go any further into that. But Britt Reed has to be on this trash list, folks. I mean, folks, there is no reason for this kind of poor offensive performance by this Chiefs team. You get your head coach's son in a huge scandal right before the play, right before the biggest game of everybody's career and the selfishness of Britt Reed to distract the attention of everybody on the Chiefs. I mean... Everybody on the Chiefs after the Super Bowl, they all kind of made a comment about it. They said that it didn't affect them and they weren't using that as an excuse. And that's what you have to say. You can't be like, yeah, you know, Britt Reed driving junk and almost killing children really threw our minds off. You can't come to the podium and say that, folks. You cannot say that. Truly, I should not even be saying that. But um, it was it's what happened. So we will be saying that. Uh, so Britt Reed, unfortunately here, selfishness taking the attention away from the team and putting it on yourself during the biggest game of ever during, you know, your dad's Super Bowl run that he's been working his entire life for. He couldn't get the big game in the Eagles in Philadelphia. And he kept at it, kept working over head coaching positions over and over and over again, trying to be the guy. Finally, he established himself over the last three years back at top, back on the top here, won a ring looking to go back to back. And you want to make some poor decisions so Britt Reed officially on the 2020 Hall of Fame trash list don't even know if he'll be playing next season or coaching next season so I don't know if he's going to be able to take himself off but uh, he will be on here Alrighty. Two more additions here to the trash list. Britt reads the first one. Our second one is really just the totality of the Chiefs' offensive minds. Now, if you want to put that, I don't want to single out anybody, whether it's Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy. So that's why we're kind of incorporating it into the Chiefs' offensive minds. Because what was that performance? Y'all got held up. Y'all had two weeks to prepare and didn't have like a backup plan. If everything is going to crap here, we have to change something up. Not running Patrick Mahomes a lot. I mean, you could have added some read options. Why not install new plays? I mean, this Bucks team, first of all, you blew them out, and now they have two weeks to prepare. You don't think they're going to be shutting down everything that you guys do well? You don't think the motivation was there? So these Chiefs' offensive minds, I mean, there's no reason why the Chiefs should have put up nine points in this game when you have literally one of the best offenses I've ever seen in my entire life over the last kind of consistency of the last two seasons. So these Chiefs' offensive minds, I don't know whether they just didn't put in the work or they did put in the work, but literally the Bucks just outplayed them, which, you know, possibly that is true. But at some point, you have to start making decisions. You have to start coaching on the fly. You have to start making it up as you go. You have to change your course of path at halftime. They didn't get any better at halftime in the first, from the first half to the second half. So what were they doing? What were these Chiefs' offensive minds doing? Not enough, I can say that. And I don't know if I would have had the answer. I'm not knocking them, but I am saying that you have 
had to do something. This was the biggest game. You had to lay it all out on the line. They did nothing that they they did nothing out of the ordinary. It's not like they they added a new wide receiver to go to. No, Travis Kelsey's still the number one wide receiver. Tyree Kill is still the number two wide receiver here, and they never incorporated anything else. They never got anything else going. They abandoned the run very quickly. Only nine rushes. They never stayed on top of that run. They never moved Mahomes out of the pocket. I get he was being pressured, but I, how do you break the pressure? Dump off quick. Everything very quickly. That's how you stop the pressure from coming, and the Chiefs never made any big adjustments throughout the entire game. Didn't have a great game plan coming in either. So unfortunate for the Chiefs offensive minds. 2020 Hall of Fame trash list. Alrighty, and then the last edition here. The last edition here. We gotta do takes by fans. Folks, we doubted Tom Brady every step of the way here. We thought he would lose to Drew Brees in the second round of the playoffs. He ends up winning. We thought he would lose in the NFC Championship game against Aaron Rodgers. He won the game. We thought he would lose to Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs team in the Super Bowl. And once again, he proves us wrong. He goes and throws three touchdowns, doesn't turn the ball over, plays fantastic, plays game manager, and makes us look like clowns here. I mean, folks, it's not that we were doubting Tom Brady. It's just, you know, we thought that, you know, his time would come, his time would come all of his mistakes would finally catch up up to him but that we are the clowns looking too much into the week 12 meeting not realizing that he's the greatest of all time not realizing that he's been down before and has come back he's never always down he's great he does this he's the goat he's been to 10 Super Bowls hey down in Super Bowls up in Super Bowls down in the fourth quarter up in the fourth quarter blowouts close games last second losses last second wins he's used to all of it folks so the fact that we thought he would get rattled by throwing three interceptions in an NFC championship game we are the clowns we have egg on our face so we we will be taking the trash list last spot here for the 2020 Hall of Fame of trash takes by fans on the bad calls of Tom Brady. Can never bet against them. We will never do that again. Uh, we are Bucks fans. We said that. We said that on Super Bowl Sunday after the game. We are now officially Bucks fans. Unfortunately, uh, Bucks fans for 2021. Bucks go Bucks go back to back. Yes, sir. Tom Brady's our quarterback. Let's get it. Alrighty, so this is going to be it, folks. This is the official trash list going into 2021 season. We've got Andy Dalton, Brandon Allen, Miami Dolphins, Mitch Trubisky, Teddy Bridgewater, Russell Wilson, Frank Reich, Big Ben, Mike Tomlin, Lamar Jackson, Rashard Higgins, Drew Brees, Brett Re or Britt Reed, Chiefs Offensive Minds, and Takes by Fans, unfortunately. Um, alrighty, that is going to do it for us today. I know a little long today. I don't know what, what happened there. Where did we get, where did the time go? Jeez. Um, alrighty. So we're out of here back tomorrow. Noon Eastern live twitch.tv slash takes by fans, breaking down the film of the Super Bowl, baby. We, you should probably watch this live because I'm sure YouTube will not allow us to upload this video. So we'll have to cut it out. Um, we do post the videos that get taken down on Facebook. We post those segments to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash takes by fans. I mean, real simple there. So if you ever want to see or why, you know, a portion of our video is cut out, we post it on our Facebook. So go to there. They let us post it. I think we should be able to. I mean, it's fair use. I mean, we claim fair use every day. Uh, so, but, you know, you know, YouTube, NFL has some other opinions. 
What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, so, alrighty, we're back here tomorrow, noon Eastern, breaking down some film of the Super Bowl. And we're really, we're going to be focusing on the Chiefs offense. Where did it go wrong? Why was it not working? Got to break all that down. So, that's what we got tomorrow on the show. Tune in, watch, watch today, watch tomorrow, watch every day for the rest of your life because that's what we'll be doing. We'll be talking here for the rest of our lives, folks, every day, noon Eastern. It will never change. If we go big time, it will never change. Probably will, but hey, whatever. Um, I, I will sell out. I am not opposed to selling out. <laughs> Alrighty, let's get out of here. All right. Well